Welcome to the Startup of Human Potential. We're your co-hosts. I'm Clifton. And I'm Victoria. And together we make Faces of the Future, a venture studio focused on consciousness, identity expansion, and personal well-being. And today in this episode, we have the pleasure of diving a little deeper into understanding Victoria and hearing her journey into becoming a quantumpreneur, her advice, and how she gifts the world with her beingness. And one of the things that I really love about Victoria that I think the audience would really appreciate is how she has this incredible intuitive pulse <laughs> of what, ne- what needs to get done and this ability to distill complex concepts into simple words. She's the one who received, through meditation and inspiration, the word quantumpreneur, and the one who created our Faces of the Future logo in a matter of minutes. And yeah. so, so pleased to have you here. And for those of you who don't know, Victoria, would you mind sharing a bit about your background and some of the key aspects that high performers could understand along the way. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for that incredible intro, Clifton. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. I'd love to, to talk about my background. So uh, something that Clifton's alluding to in my, my strength that he just so beautifully complimented is that I can uh, tap into this right brain knowingness to create something really quickly and like something out of nothing. And this is a gift that came very naturally to me growing up. You know, I always, I don't want to say always, but many times in school, I would know the answer to test questions. I would just close my eyes and visualize it and see it. It would come to me. And sometimes I couldn't even explain why it was the right answer or like show my work as they would ask in school. But I just like had a feeling like the answer is C. (laughs) (laughs) And then. (laughs) Geez, if if you could teach a a SAT prep course off of that, you'd be be a millionaire. (laughs) Right? Yeah, it was a little trickier when when you do math and you have to show your work. But um, yeah, this this knowingness was something that was guiding me through my my early life, my childhood. You know, like when we're when we're young, we tap into that right brain intelligence a little bit more easily, more naturally. And then going through the school system and like society structures where it's things are heavily left brained, I started to actually doubt a little bit of the the gift of, of knowing. And tapping into that that creativity quickly, right? Hmm. Seems like an oxymoron, the doubt of knowing. But (laughs) I feel like your story is very similar to a lot of people. Sure, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, we start out very creative as kids. I was drawing a lot. I was playing pretend, uh, imagination with Barbie's house with, with my friends. I mean, I still play play house with with my my housemates, you know, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. Well, so then what what was that journey like? So we've kind of talked about how you had this gift and yes. you sort of shut it down going into the school system. They're asking you to show your work and you're like, well, 
I just know it. I, <laughs> I can't don't know how to explain it. <laughs> you know. Um, so then, so then, catch catch us up. You know, what was life like? You know, kind of shutting down that knowingness and just trying to be a left brain person when you're very right brain dominant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think ultimately the structure and the the left brainness of of school did help me. It helped me to create more strategy in my life, more more structure. Right. And, you know, it's not about like leaning heavily into one or the other. It's about both. And the the journey I had before school was like very nonlinear, really like tapping into that creativity, to those gifts, creating those pieces of art. And then um, I stopped drawing and I stopped doing all those things as I was doing school, you know. So what was your life like as, as a teenager? <laughs> what, what, give, give us a picture, you know, something clear. Okay. So as a teenager, I guess high school is the first time I really started studying, like really going home, doing my homework, studying. And it was because you didn't have to before or you didn't want to or because I I, a lot of times I the answers would just kind of come to me. Oh, so you coasted throughout school. But I did well. Yeah, the interesting oh, absolutely. Thing. I knowing did really this, well. That's what knowingness is. You know the answer. <laughs> but <laughs> but mean, then I- come high school, you actually had to start to study. Welcome to the rest of us left brain dominant people where we had to put in the work. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, it was not like every single subject was my strength, but yes. Um, so it became a little harder and like un- more unnatural for me to mm to do well in school. Like I had to put in a lot of effort and really try. I still had good grades. I just was, you know, busting my ass to, to succeed at that point. Gotcha. So uh, you're you're talking a lot about the school system, but what about the other areas of your life? What was that looking like? You know, take us to sort of, you know, your young twenties. What what did that look like? Um, like college or. Were you in college in your twenties? Yeah. I'm pretty sure you graduated from college. <laughs> yes, I graduated from college. I was going to go to medical school because I really wanted to to help people. And it, you know, I, I studied really hard for the MCAT, but I just did not do well. <laughs> and I had an option of retaking it or applying to schools in the, in the Caribbean or osteopathic medicine schools, but it didn't feel fully aligned. It kind of felt like a an answer that I arrived at through some logical deduction that, oh, okay, I really want to help people. I like health and well-being, so I'm going to go be a doctor. And actually, I discovered that I preferred being a nurse because it was more people-oriented and people-focused. And I had an externship in college where I, I was a doula and I helped birth babies through like breath work, presence with the mom and just um, less emphasis on the use of pharmacological agents to help have an easeful delivery. So that was really, really instrumental for me in understanding how to connect with people and have presence through that whole process. Because a lot of it is like a reductionist outlook, just looking at the the, the diagnosis or not so much the person, right? So why do you care so much about people? I know it sounds like a silly question, but you you make it seem like that was you know a, a non non no brainer. Yeah, like you say, I went in, went into this because I wanted because you know I wanted to help people. Right. Well, why do you want to help people? What is it about helping people that is so intrinsically motivating for you? 
yeah. So a lot of times we we tend to do want to do something for other people that we really want for ourselves. Mm. And what I really wanted is to have a sense of like balance and and well being and and good health. Right. I I had like adrenal fatigue in high school and like thyroid issues and things like that that came up early in life because I had burnout early in high school and um, college, really. So there was like digestive issues I was going through and all that stuff. So I thought by helping other people, that's like me exploring myself in a way. I see. And so did it work? Did you find that answer within nursing or or take us from <laughs> that moment where you chose nursing to now, you know, help us understand that journey. Yeah. Yeah. So I worked in, in nursing in, in Western medicine for a while. And um, don't get me wrong, it has its benefits. It's really great for, for surgeries, for emergency care, or when, when things have been kind of neglected for a really long time, it's a really great option. But for me, like that intrinsic wellness is more preventative. It's more like lifestyle and aligning to your joy and your path to to find that sense of well-being. It has to come from within, right? So what did you explore from nursing? You're a Reiki master. Yes, you're yes. a certified so I aromatherapist. Started, I started, <laughs> interesting me talking about myself, right? <laughs> so you started to explore right. other, modalities other modalities of healing of beyond healing. nursing. Yes, yes. That's more proactive. That's more proactive more tapped into the energies because I had um, an awakening of sorts and I realized we're not just this physical body. There's a whole emotional body. There's a spiritual body. There's a mental body. And a lot of the stuff is in our fields way before it hits the physical body. Physical body is kind of like that last warning sign. And it's like, okay, maybe now you need Western medicine. So I was more interested in finding that harmony and optimizing. And when you that say interested, beforehand. yeah, I know that the universe forced you to be interested, <laughs> right? Sure. What happened to you? I got into a car accident. <laughs> mm. And what did what, what did that cause you to do, or what? what it did that showed open me up? that I was neglecting all of my my other layers of wellness my my physical, my mental, my emotional, my spiritual wellness. And, you know, I was kind of burning the the stick at both ends, the candle, whatever whatever you call it. I don't know. I'm an immigrant sometimes. Both ends. I don't you know the, the colloquialism. And so the, this car accident really forced you in your life to, yes, to, to face wake up. It, and wake it was up. a huge wake up call for me, for sure. Yeah, my body was aching a lot. I, there was a lot of like physical labor I was doing as a nurse, moving patients around and like on my feet the whole day. And I didn't have like good core strength or like balance in my body, a sense of center, right? So it kind of threw my body out of whack. I showed me how out of alignment I was. And that was kind of my eye-opening experience to really start looking into personal development and seeing that like this path doesn't feel fully aligned with me. I want to do something where I share my wisdom, share my knowledge, and kind of acknowledge those other layers of being. Gotcha. So would you say the car accident was sort of that moment that Yeah, one of. Yeah. So was, so what what was another series what was another powerful moment that led you on this path to become a quantumpreneur? Um honestly, it's when when you and I connected, Clifton. It's um Clifton and I met at a networking event, uh biotech and like wellness and he was a MBA 
in student, Columbia school. Yeah, so you're a student, Columbia. not a grad yet. Sorry, you weren't a grad yet. And I was um, a nurse interested in technology, innovation, entrepreneurship. And I was networking, seeing how I could be a clinical expert for startups in the healthcare and tech and wellness space. And he and I met and um, long story short, went on one date at that point and just kept in touch on Facebook. But we reconnected later and I saw what kind of journey of transformation Clifton had been on three years later when we connected. And I'd been wanting to create my own business. I'd been wanting to, you know, kind of take a risk and and see what's the path that's more in alignment with my heart. What would it really look like if I followed my heart? And, and what did that look like? So did you do it, first well, of all? Because a lot of people <laughs> want to, but people know that's what we're supposed to do or yeah. what people recommend. But did you? Did you follow your heart? Yeah, I did. And it looked kind of crazy while I was doing it. Because <laughs> I, I <did>. agree. <laughs> <laughs> and when I tell you, like, I saw Clifton in 2019 and, like, in, in the previous episode, we dove into some of his history and he said he kind of overcorrected from being that logic left brain oriented person mm -hmm. to going off the deep end with exploring spirituality and Yeah, I went from kind of using like a, a, a pre-scripted <laughs> chatbot like conversation to meet women for dating <laughs> to, you know, being a mendicant celibate monk, right? And so this transformation- I was impressed. <laughs> well- the transformation was was extreme, yeah, at the very least. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, "Whoa, that's so cool what he's doing." <laughs> and I have to say, that's really where love comes in because there's no logic that would say that this is a cool thing from my perspective. But. Yeah, exactly. I was like, "Okay, this guy knows about business. He knows about spirituality. He went through some kind of conscious expansion, and I want to know more. I want to dive deeper into all of that stuff." And you didn't have it all figured out. No, but neither did I. Not now either, but more so, yeah. Well, <laughs> it was a vibrational match. Yeah, you know, I think that's one of the powerful things that that we often talk to our clients about is that they think they have to be coming from this place of wholeness and completeness yeah. in order to attract that ideal partner, mm -hmm. and that is something that our story is really the opposite. I think. Yeah we were just authentic in who we are yeah, and we were committed to yeah. seeing the best in ourselves and supporting the best in others. Absolutely. And it's coming from that place that helped people or helped us on our journey of continuous growth and expansion. Yeah. And so I would love to hear a bit more about um, what you your particular flavor and essences of faces of the future? Yeah, before we go there, I just wanted to to add something. So, in this exploration, where I saw like how expansive Clifton got with his consciousness, and I he he like opened up to these gifts of channeling, being able to tap into the Akashic record, which is kind of like that. That place of nowhere, no place, no time, or everything all at once, right? So information about past lives and, and, and all that. And I was like, how did this finance bro make this quantum leap in consciousness to be able to do that? So I started doing all the things he was doing. I started doing all the morning practices, doing all the exercises, reading Sanskrit, you know, kind of what he was doing. And then... I was like, where's my gift to channel? How come I can't tap into the Akashic record? And it was like, 
I realized that the gift was there the whole time. Yes, it was. <laughs> it is. And it's there within each and every individual yeah. too. It's just seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. So Clifton, like he went from not being able to channel to like it kind of happened in an instant where can you share a little bit about that, please, for our audience, Clifton? About me channeling and tapping into the Akashic Record? Just how, how it happened. Like, it was like a complete 180. I know you're, I'm diving into my story, but I just want to explain that there's a contrast with, like, how sometimes the gift comes out of nowhere. And sometimes it's like a you have it the whole time, but you just don't know it. And, like, you doubt that. Yeah. yeah, I would say the gift was always is always there. It's yeah. just when you awaken to it and when you express right. it. Some people have expressed it their whole time, their whole life, yeah. and therefore they know no different. But yes. expressing that gift, and some people have repressed that gift, yes. and then the moment at which they start expressing it can be very dramatic and, yeah. and clear. So, right. yes, this was through a very intentional Vedic science program that said, yes. read this, do this, then you'll be able to do that. So yeah. it spoke very well to my left brain self and it yeah. opened up that ability. And I did the same exact left brain program and I thought I was going to have the same results. And I was like, what? <laughs> Why can't I channel like that? And, and it's because I was already tapped in to that intuitive knowingness. Yeah, I think that was the funniest that part. That was the funniest part. Nothing changed. <laughs> yes, it's like you're already there. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> it just is it's less pomp and circumstance. It's like like a little voice in your head. It just kind of like pops in and drops well, in. And, and, and it's very similar to like your intuition. Yes. Right. Exactly. You know, it's it's a really tiny voice that gets choked off if you don't listen to it. Yes. But the more you listen to it, the more you honor it, the more you act on it, the stronger that voice and that gift becomes. And that's Absolutely. been from my perspective in our in our time together in our partnership in our relationship, mm -hmm. been the journey is for you to see it, to acknowledge it and to appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Because it was such a natural inherent thing within you. Yes. There was this sort of notion that that's just how everyone should operate yeah exactly. and so that's also one of the things we do within our program is we help people see what is that unique that unique beingness that has always been there yes that either they either don't know it exists mm -hmm. or they hide it yeah you know because there there's some some programming against expressing it openly mm -hmm. or you know, there's some some other mechanism of not being able to, to label it and, and see yes. it. And so Victoria is an incredible example of someone who's always had it and it's about stepping into it and expressing mm -hmm. it more and more. Absolutely. And trusting it. It was a big journey of trust. Absolutely. And that's ultimately the core focus of channeling, right? And Akashic readings is to mm -hmm. trust the information yeah. and to trust the connection. And so when you bring your beingness, mm -hmm. you know, fully recognized or in yeah. that journey of being more and more recognized. Yeah. You started Faces of the Future with Clifton. Yes. With me. Yeah. What 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 sort of your flavor to it? What do you bring to I ask really good questions. She does. <laughs> of Clifton and of our clients. Um it works well in our dynamic because I kind of tap into the right question to ask and then Clifton usually channels the the answer, right? In in the way we've created our programs, they've literally came out of thin air. Like literally, that's a quantumpreneur. <laughs> yes, this whole program, this academy, this whole idea has been 
literally channeled with with Victoria and I. Mm-hmm. And to to put it in perspective, you know, if you have access to to all things, yeah, then that the actual value. How do you hone your focus yes. into the thing that you need? Yes, it's it's exactly like Google. Yes. at Google you have at or ChatGPT. Yeah, these or ChatGPT. How do you refine your question to get a really good? you know, answer. So your outputs are only as good as your inputs. So the question is that input and I'm guided to to know which questions to ask. And and we call her gift the key maker. Yes. So the key making ability is, you know, that ability, that scene from the matrix with the, the, mm-hmm. the key maker who has the ability to open and unlock all these backdoor passages into, into the matrix. different areas of the ma- matrix, yeah. And how do you use that with our clients? Knowing which question to ask when and what order, understanding what resources and toolkits people might need, seeing where they are on their journey to know what would resonate the most. It's like, I'll say it again, an intuitive knowingness. And um, when when asked to explain it, it's almost like, Harder, And that's how you know you're tapping into your right brain because the left brain can give you that how-to and the right brain is kind of like, this is what it is. Nice. And and as you say, right brain, that's yes. also, you know, connected the right to brain heart intelligence. to heart intelligence yes. and to this divine knowingness. Yes. Absolutely. So uh, what can you share with our audience about some lessons you've learned uh, on your path to becoming a yeah. entrepreneur? Always trust your voice. Your inner knowing, it's there. No matter like who's telling you otherwise or guiding you about like what's safe or what sounds logical or what sounds rational or if they're they're older than you or have more experience than you in an area, you have the most experience. You know who you are. Mm, it's very powerful and I see the emotion <laughs> bubbling up. Yeah. And so um, knowing who you are. Yeah. What category of life brings you the most joy right now and why? I think you know the answer. And I think anyone who knows me might know that it's my lifestyle. (laughs) You are awesome in your lifestyle. Why why is lifestyle that thing that brings you so much joy? Um, I love cooking. I love being in nature. I love going for walks. I love um, just optimizing optimizing and creating great systems for for organization in the house see the left brain was very helpful because <laughs> before that I was just playing house now I know how to organize all the drawers and you know watching those Instagram reels where they they like I was today years old when I figured out this <laughs> nice it and sounds like there's there's a lot of that joy within yeah, you and you can go gardening, on a whole yeah. whole episode about lifestyle and all yeah, the things you for learned. sure and and our business you know understanding um how to navigate somebody through a process like it's one thing when you do it for yourself and all of our processes we've done on ourselves like we were subject one and two <laughs> player one and two as we were doing it but being able to kind of explain it breaking down for other people to for them to have that same experience because the sequence of steps is really instrumental in in the unraveling and the unfoldment yeah and what i really love that you bring to the table is you have this unique gift to to read people right you know you you come from a, a yeah. very unique family with oh many for people. sure you're a nurse and you're yeah. able to read your patients. Yeah, I can read somebody within like 30 seconds or less, 10 seconds. Like when you're a nurse and you walk into a patient's room, you see everything all at once. You see like 
the whole situation, the room, the patient in the bed, what kind of tubes and things they're connected to, right? So, and you, you see the expression on their face, like what kind of emotional energy, like you feel a vibe in there. And that's where I first learned how empathic I was. Mm, powerful. And to be able to translate that from, yeah. from sort of the hospital into the business world, it's really been about teaching and, and empowering you with the tools to understand all the components that go into a business. Yeah. So that way, when you have a full understanding you have a, a, an innate intuitive pulse mm -hmm. that you can translate into the business world, into the linear world, and, and into how you can run a company. Absolutely. Nice. And so do you have anything else you would like to share with the audience? Yeah. Something else that's coming to me is like you were sharing in the previous episode, Clifton, about how like you repressed your left brain structure oriented self in favor of emotions and heart intelligence following your heart and for me like what what i would say i repressed for a while is that connection to to healthcare and wellness and you know like i became an entrepreneur and i was like i'm leaving my nursing job and blah blah right and now i'm seeing how things are coming full circle where i'm finding aligned opportunities where i can bring in some of that into the work that we do with our wellness studio. And it's a beautiful amalgamation of, of all the work of the facilitating and the coaching with that background in integrative wellness. Yeah, it's a true hero's journey coming back. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we see with a lot of our clients. Like there might be something they put temporarily on hold, but a lot of times we see that they actually reintegrate those parts of themselves for them to step into their full beingness. Those parts of them are needed. And something I really love about you is that when you get passionate about something, you're one of the greatest teachers and you're always helping people learn small tidbits of information. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, it's been such an honor to, to sit down with you and to hear more about your story and help share that story mm -hmm. and to just put the spotlight on you. So that way when they see you and they, they, they know your name, they can understand the journey you've been on and the power of that experience. So thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much, Clifton. It's been a pleasure having this conversation with you and on air for everybody else to, to hear more. Awesome. And where yeah. can people find you? Our Instagram for Face of the Future is FOTF.io. My personal Instagram is Victoria Petrovsky, and our website is www.facesofthefuture.io. Beautiful. And LinkedIn, Victoria Petrovsky. Yes, we got her on LinkedIn, <laughs> one of the last frontiers. I know, one of those things that I, I shut off and now I'm reintegrating during that time period I was telling you about. <laughs> nice. And, and for those listening, you know, if you have any questions for Victoria or any ideas for future podcast episodes, please let us know because we'd love to interact with you. And we really appreciate all the, the feedback and comments and suggestions from, yeah. from our, our other episodes. And we're just continuing to grow and build, you know, an audience who really appreciates and the, these conversations and who wants to be a part mm -hmm. of this kind of a vision. Yeah. So thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>